Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. It's time to shift. Come on, say time to shift. I, I, this is going to be part, if you, who, who was here last week for part one? Powerful, powerful message on going from what we needed to do to cross the Jordan. What, what are the things we need to leave behind? And my brother Jimmy, I see you. Uh, give it up for Jimmy. God bless you and your wife. God bless you. We had a, they had a, so, uh, an event. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I was going to go, but my, my son had some homecoming. He like dre- he dressed up real real nice. Uh, 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 Jaden, the handsome one back there. Jonathan too, but Jaden went to homecoming. But Jimmy, I know you had some event that you were doing for the community, and I think about six or seven or people came out. So thank you for helping uh, Jimmy out. He, he's a business. God is bringing businessmen to be able to do the work of the Lord and then us partner with them so that we can reach the city. Come on. Don't think for a minute that God is not raising up businessmen and women solely, solely to fund the work of the Lord. I'm telling you. And God is going to bless you. In the parking lot, I told him months ago, but before, I mean, the first time I met him, I said, You're going to see how increase is going to come because you are pouring into the work of the Lord. That's the greatest investment. So we love you, Jimmy, and we we love all of you that are putting your hands to the plow. Your work is not in vain. And everyone said, well, I want to turn to John chapter 5, all of us. Man, get ready. Turn to someone and say, get ready. You know, when the preacher's happy and he gets fed off of it, it's going to be good, right? You, You got, I don't know how to cook, but the cook has to try it before he gives it out, right? And he has to practice it. And so I'm excited about part two because um, I think it's going to motivate you, challenge you, and heal you all at the same time, right? So I want you to turn to John chapter 5, verse 1. But before we put it up on the screen, guys, I want to be able to go a little bit for review of what happened last week. Okay, so review. Everybody say review. I want to share like the first uh, five minutes of review so that you can know if you weren't here, uh, I'm going to share you what we... what it's time to shift means, okay? So last week we talked about um, some of the things we need to practice and do in order to cross over. Everybody say cross over from one season to the next. How many of you have been in a season that you feel stuck, hurt, uh, slow, uh, frustrated in that season? Okay, the rest of you, uh, praise God. Praise God for that that new season that you're in, okay? But all of us, listen, there's three type of people in this room. There's someone that's a, that's, that went through something, and they've learned through it, or they're currently going through something difficult or challenging, or they're about to go through something. But in each season, God has instructions, watch this, of how to properly transition. Because if you don't properly transition, watch this, how you exit a season is how you enter the next one. That deserves a little bit more amends than that. How you, if you don't exit properly, you won't enter properly. Mm. So, the review is, number one, we had to identify some negative things in the, in, the, in the past. Watch this. And leave our past behind if we're going to cross the Jordan. Is that correct? All right. So, everybody say, leave my past behind. All right. And so, we've got to forget about certain things that we uh, had before we crossed the Jordan in order for us to transition well. 
And remember what I said last week. This is so powerful. This is for many of you. Frustration is a precursor for a new season and a new door in your life. Oh, see, I could just preach on that alone. How many have felt really frustrated and you don't have language for it? You just don't have language for it. Like, I don't know why. Is it me? Or, you know, is it, why am I feeling dry? Why am I feeling this way? Am I backsliding? No. If you're serving God, it's because here's an invitation. The Bible says it is the glory of kings to conceal a matter. But it's the glory, the, uh, sorry, glory of God to conceal a matter. The glory of kings to search it out. So God is like, you know what, I'm going to conceal this in this season, and I'm going to allow you to be frustrated because it's a ding, 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 ding sign that I'm about to open a new door for you. But until you have get up and recognize that, you will remain frustrated in that season. So watch this. Frustration could be a good thing, just like pain. If I didn't have pain, my, then I would, my body's telling me something is wrong with, with your nervous system. If I just didn't have pain at all and I couldn't feel anything, you know what? Because just, can you tie my shoes, please, sir? <laughs> Sorry, just don't worry about this moment, okay? The <laughs> there comes before me uh, one who, I, yeah, anyways. Um, so, so watch this real quick. Review, right? If, if, you, if you don't understand that frustration season, you will be stuck. If I didn't have pain, guess what? Like, I, 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 when I had COVID, I'm still recovering from from like, uh, I don't smell very well and I can't taste very well. Well, I'm not trying to say, like if the house was on fire, I couldn't smell it. So guess what? The fact that you do feel something, come on somebody. The fact that you feel frustrated is a sign that God wants you to shift. You feel frustrated? When I was, when I was uh, two years, I was frustrated at OHOP and I had no language. No language, like what is wrong with me? Am I, I was sitting in the parking lot, am I, frust am I, am I backsliding, Lord? And uh, this is not in my notes, but I'm going to say this because I just feel the flow in me, okay? Sometimes we are faithful to a fault, which means when God speaks to us to move, all in the name of faithfulness, we're blaming the devil. And we're saying, and we're saying no, I rebuke that. I can't shift from this season to the next. No, I just got to. And, and all in the name of faithfulness, when we need faithfulness, sometimes we cancel the voice of the Lord to saying, get up and go. Move. Not, not just physically. But emotionally, mentally, in your mind, in your heart, crossing over, right? And we identified four or five things. Uh, walk by faith, Enrique was saying that. Why? Because remember the scripture I gave? I'm, I'm talking fast so I could get to my, my, I'm giving you a preview that will add to this message, right? We have to walk by faith because we're going to cross over to the next season. Say walk by faith. Why? Because in, jo in Joshua chapter 3, what happened? If you guys remember, he said, you have not passed this way before. In other words, hey, Joshua. All the three million or so Jews that are with you, you're about to, whoo, you're about to go into a place you've never been before. So in order to get to the place you've never been before, you have to have faith. Because all of your preparation will only take you to a certain limit. If you've, it, because if you're only going through your, your knowledge, you will miss the element of faith that's required for the, for the, for the Jericho season and the promised land. Come on, save, walk by faith. Say, I haven't been there before. Come on. Say, I haven't been there before. That's why it's scary. What if God is trying to take us to a new place of authority and the whole process feels very scary because he's trying to get us from one season to another? And we need to shift in the way we speak. That's what we talked about um, 
So I want to just start with John chapter 1. And normally I don't start off with a point, but I want us to not be distracted. If you're using your phones, make sure you're using it for your Bibles, uh, not for Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or texting. Why? You got dressed up, and you came to the house of the Lord, and you could have texted in your house. You could have done Instagram in your house. Pay attention in church. I know that sounds, but, but you know, way too many people I look at, they're so distracted in church. And I'll say something powerful, and they're like, and I know they're not taking notes. <laughs> so the first point, hey, a shepherd loves, and shepherd, you know, sometimes. Watch this. Sometimes, I want you to take a picture of this. This is powerful. Before I even read the scripture, and this is going to be powerful for you today. The scripture I'm going to read is going to relate to this message part two. Please listen to this because I feel many of us are in this season. I pray for our congregation almost every day. Sometimes we need to make a shift in our lives because, are you ready for this? We've been stuck in that same place. About same same place. Spiritually, mentally, and emotionally for a very long time. This is the precursor. This slide, this point is a precursor for the foundation of my whole message today. I'm going to speak to people that feel stuck in the same place for a long time. John chapter 5, verse 1. Are you ready? After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is a, in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, that's a whole another uh, topic in Nehemiah, he identifies all the gates, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches, and these lay a great multitude. Now, I, I won't get into the meaning of Bethesda. There is a meaning of that. It actually means place of outpouring. And it also means house of mercy, Bethesda. That's what it means in, 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 the, in the Hebrew. Having five porches, and, and these lay a great multitude of sick people. Listen to this. Blind, lame, paralyzed. I want you to highlight this next sentence in your Bibles or in your app. Waiting for the moving of the waters. Waiting for the moving of of the waters, a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of sick, paralyzed, lame people, people that have sickness problems, deep frustrations and illness, they're all waiting mm, for the moving of the waters. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring was made well of whatever disease he had. Now listen to this. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity. What is infirmity? Sickness or, he, or, or a weakness of some sort in your health. 38 years. Some of you haven't even been alive 38 years. Imagine having a severe sickness for 38 years in a row. That's a long time to wait in that season. Hello? That's a, I said that's a long time to be in a season of pain, waiting for something to happen. When Jesus saw him lying there, now I, I, I'm going to try to restrain myself because I have, I'm going to break this down because I see something that many of you guys don't see here. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew, he knew, everybody say Jesus knows. He knew that he was already been there in that condition, everybody say for a long time. Jesus knew this man was in that condition, he wasn't oblivious, that he was in there for a long time. I'm going to break that later, right? And then he said to him, watch this, watch this almost shocking question. Do you want me to make you well? 
The sick man answered, Sir, I have no person to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. Mm. I'm not going to preach on that right now, Lord. I'm gonna, I promise, I promise. But while I am coming, another steps in before me. This is what the man said. Jesus is right in front of him. He said, I got nobody to help me to get into that place. I got nobody to do it for me. I'm sick, and that's why I'm not healed. No one helps me with the pool when the water. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and then he went on the Sabbath. Everybody say amen. Jesus in this scripture goes into a place in Jerusalem, and he goes into a pool called Bethesda where there's a whole bunch of people just sitting around waiting for something to happen in their lives. He comes to a place in Jerusalem with a, with a pool of Bethesda, which means the place of outpouring, place of movement. And all these people have one thing in common. Now, don't throw stones at me what I'm about to say. They're all waiting for something to happen. Do I believe in waiting on the Lord? Absolutely, Isaiah 40 says, wait on the Lord and he shall renew your strength, right? But I believe that there is a season that after we have waited, we've got to identify what God is requiring of us to do, of us to do, for us to get the breakthrough that we've been wanting for all of our lives. And if I could just be honest with you, many of us in this room, the reason why we're constantly frustrated is because we're waiting for something miraculous to happen to us, and we stare at God, and we, and we say, I'm not moving until I get an absolute touch from God. Well, guess what? I, God is not limited. Watch this. I'm what I'm about to say. He is not limited to moving if you don't move because he's sovereign, and he'll do it even when you don't deserve it. But, everybody say but. God does move when you move. I don't believe that. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. If my people, my people, if they humble themselves, and if, if, if they pray and seek my face, watch, if you move, then I, then I will move, and I will heal the land, and I'll forgive your sins. You move, God moves. I'm going to prove that at the end scripturally. I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I've given you, you, everybody say me, the keys, give me that back, the keys of the kingdom. All right, watch this. Whatever, I'm just, I'm just speaking what Jesus said. Whatever you bind on earth, you move, then I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'm preaching good this morning, then I will loose in heaven. In other words, God says, I won't loose in heaven with the power that is given to you unless you partner with me and initiate the move. In other words, I won't bind in heaven, which that's what you need, until you first bind on earth. God is saying, Many people are waiting for me, and that's good. But sometimes the season of waiting has been way past that time. And they're using the excuse, I'm waiting, when God is waiting on you to move. Into a season where you can deal with your issues. Where you can deal with your pain. So many people are stuck in their pain. I'm not moving until God touches me. I am so much in pain right now. I'm in pain, I'm in hurt, I'm miserable, I'm angry. And God is saying, do you see that in your waiting, you've adjusted and parked in there 
and you no longer desire to do the necessary things for your healing and your breakthrough. Maybe that's why you're not fully set free. Because you're saying, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. He already did it. He's waiting on you to move. And I'm going to prove that at the end. I promise you. I'm going to give you scriptures. You're going to be like, wow, I can't believe it. So watch this. If I had to subtitle like this message of part two of it's time to shift, I would entitle it like this. How long have you been stuck in the same place? Turn to someone and say this. How long? Come on, seriously. Say, how long have you been stuck in the same place? Uh, how long have I been stuck in the same place? Now, when I say place, I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's my house. It's my job. It's my church. That's very rare that it's a physical uh, location thing. When I say stuck in the same place, it's stuck in the same rut emotionally. Stuck in the same rut for years spiritually. Stuck in the same rut right now in your mind and the way you think and the way you speak. You're stuck with anger. See, it's like many people are frustrated because they're like Groundhog Day to them. Have you ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? Come on. That, come on. Oh, how many have not? Oh, repent at the altar after. No, just start Groundhog Day is with an actor called Bill Murray. He's real funny, right? Years ago, right? And so he, he, he wakes up, and it's the same day over. Like, he, like the dishes fall with this person, and after like 5, 6, 7, 10, 20 days, he knows exactly that that dish is going to fall at that right time. And he knows that this person is going to hug that person at the right time. This is going to fall at the building at this time. And you know what started happening? Watch this. I'm, this is where I'm going to get real good here. He started waking up and feeling really depressed, and he was down the whole time. He knew that things were going to happen. You know why he was frustrated? Because he was in a season where there was no change. He was in a... It was very comfortable, very predictable, and he was okay with just going through the motions and not seeking things different because it kept happening every day. And I felt like there's some people that are here like that today. You know, studies show that many people slip into discouragement and depression when they feel they're not accomplishing anything in this season of their life, in their careers, in their calling. One of the things that cause people to, be, to go into a slump is the feeling that they're still afraid, still bitter. You were bitter yesterday. You were bitter the day before. Let me just break it down more, you know, less, you know, bitter is like, whoa, let, let's just, let's just uh, put some little sugar on her, okay? Laziness. You wake up, you're lazy. You don't want to do anything, and you're and, 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 and you're just you're just tired. You're weary. Next day, you're lazy. You're tired. You don't want to do anything. Guess what? It will become a pattern in your life that you will become people that are sitting by the pool of Bethesda in your life, waiting for something to happen, and God will not bless laziness. The Bible says the hand of the diligent makes one rich. Now, it doesn't mean only financially rich. Rich in your calling. Rich in vibrancy of your heart. If you just stay, listen, the reason why things stay stale is because they've never been used. The other day I went to my pantry and got some chips and it was stale. Because, because and I didn't like it and I threw it away. You know why? Because it had not been used for months. There was no movement. Watch this next slide. Oh, this is some good stuff. I'm preaching to myself, right? Watch this. Look at this next slide. One of the natural, listen, take a picture of this. One of the natural instincts 
in the level in in the level of people's uh, in the lives. Sorry, sorry, man. Lord, heal my eyes. One of the natural instincts I wrote this down, and I still in the lives of people. Watch this: is to progress and grow. Everybody say to progress and grow. When progress, watch this. This is good. Or growth seems to be non-existent, we tend to slip into frustration and discouragement. Am I right? The natural instinct to every person in here is to grow and keep growing and progress in your calling, in the things of God. Now watch this, watch this. We as a society call things abnormal. Not, not, what I'm about to say, this is actual science, actual doctor, right? When there's stumped growth, right? When, when there's someone that is like 20 years old and they're this tall, we're not making fun of them, but that is a disorder. That's not normal. Right? We're not making fun. Just like if someone was, was, was grown, uh, was born without a limb, we're not making fun of them, but that's just not a, a normal way uh, of a human being, human being grows. So if it's not normal for people to keep growing and keep progressing, why do we as a church wait all in the name of faith and not seek to grow and progress in the things of God? in things of our career, and we go to the counselor, we go to the pastor, and we go to this, and we say the word, we lay hands on you, we blow on you, and nothing changes. You know why? Because you need to make the move. You need to make the change. You cannot, you cannot change from one season to the other if this does not change right here. Nothing changes. Nothing changes if your mind doesn't change. Nothing. 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 The way you look at finances, the way they look at yourself, the way you look at God, nothing changes if your mind doesn't shift and be renewed. That's why the Bible says we have to renew our mind. So that one of the examples of this, you know, is, is one of our congregation. Like, you, one of the natural uh, desires is to grow. Everybody say grow. Even with me. I've been, lately I've been, uh, in a, it's a good frustration. But watch this. That frustration is so painful that it's forcing me to move. And do some things. You know, I'll give you an example. I've been frustrated because how many have re received the prophecy before in your life? How many, how many have you? Okay. How many have received the prophecy that you know, this, that you feel is from God, and it's huge and it's big? Right? No, no, be honest. Be honest. It's like beyond you, right? So you get a prophecy. You know, I, I'm going to be transparent. I'm the, I'm the king of transparency lately, okay? You get a prophecy. got a prophecy from a friend, a man of God. You can have a thousand families. I'm like... Lord, please help me not to doubt. Lord, I don't want to doubt. I don't want to. No, seriously, I'm not, I don't want to doubt. I don't want to doubt. I don't want to doubt. God is going to bless you, Pastor George and Remnant, with overflow, or just about, you know, two months ago, whatever, with a, a thousand families. Not a thousand people, a thousand families. And I'm sitting here saying, we can't even fill 200 people, Lord, 200 seats. What do you mean God's going to give us a thousand, a thousand people? Watch this. Because there's no growth, when you see it, there's a natural tendency to be frustrated. But watch this. Oh, you're going to shout. That frustration, you know what that led to me? humbling myself and calling all the national leaders, national leaders, like my staff is going to know this, I called national leaders this week and I said, guys, I just, I want to humble myself and, 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 and um, some, Joel and, and some others in the nation, right, that have had success walking with the Lord for years and build big churches, I said, I need to set up a phone call with you because I want to see if you can help me restructure how I do ministry, restructure how I do staff meetings. Some of our staff they don't like me because I go too long, and I want to. I want to make it an hour long so they'll all be happy. I'm not saying that that I'm a people pleaser, not at all. I just want to be effective 
I want to be effective. Not just, uh, just because you're charismatic doesn't mean that the, that the Spirit is there because you have five-hour services. I want to be effective, so I humble myself. I call these people, what am I doing? What can I do? What can I change? Because frustration leads to doing something to set you up for success. And then I called another person. I said, hey, we're going to do a leader's uh, retreat on December 4th. Here's the outline. Is there anything that you could add? Do you see that? Frustration leads to hopefully getting you out of that pool of Bethesda and start walking to the place where God is going to meet you at. Come on, say amen. Like even my, my, my friends, uh, 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 Ralph and Rachel, they're sitting there. I asked him if it was okay to share this. He said, okay. They, they, were, they had this, this thing that they felt from the Lord last year. A job. Won't mention their name. And when they got that job, they're like, I, I really feel that this is from the Lord. They did it, and they saw a decline in their finances. Watch this. Now, this is powerful. I'm about to say, because they were in a season that they had no growth, and it was actually degrowth, there were sleepless nights. There was frustration. Watch this. But that frustration, what did it lead to? It led to a birthing of intercession. It led birthing to, she would tell me what, sometimes that Ralph would be on the floor at 3 or 4 in the morning on the, uh, 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 praying in the bathroom and fall asleep on the bathroom. Because he was so desperate. That desperation caused him to do something about it. Instead of just waiting, if he would have waited, he would have blamed God, and he would have never got it. Guess what? He did something about it. He had to leave that job and, get, and, and go back to a, a, a previous type of job that he had. And now he's breaking all kinds of records in his job because he went to a place, listen, from one season to the next, but he didn't wait for God to transport him into that season. That's what many of you are saying. God, where are you? God says, how about your teaching gift? God, you know where I'm at, but I don't want to do that. How about your teaching gift? I've been waiting on, you, on your teaching gift. I've been waiting for you to do that. Lord, you know my situation in my home, in my family. I can't do it until you heal me. That's a case I never preach because I'm always in pain, always in physical pain. If physical pain was, a di was, a, was an indicator for me to just wait and not watch this, get involved. Oh, I hear this from the Lord. Pain has a voice. It has a voice. I heard this just now from the Lord. And it's speaking to you, don't go, just, not, not. please have a balance. There is a waiting season that you need to be healed. But if that season turns into wallowing, if that season turns into, into not desiring to move, it's, it, it, listen, it controls you in a place where it's unhealthy. Watch this, and you start, I... And you start adapting your identity to your condition. You begin to take on the identity of your condition. Hmm. And you can almost feel this frustration of the lack of growth and the lack of progress in the writer of Hebrews. Right? There's a lot of theories who wrote Hebrew, Hebrews, but the writer of Hebrews. You could almost feel the frustration that he had. But watch this, the lack of growth and progress in the people that he's discipled. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Look at this. Are you getting something this morning? Remember, the people were waiting in the pool for something to happen. And year after year after year, only the first people that came in the pool got healed. And the rest left discouraged, and they just kept waiting. Watch this. And waiting and waiting. 
I'm going to say something that sounds contradictory, but growth will never happen if you only just wait. How many of you have a self-discipline regimen when it comes to eating and, and working out? All right. Come on. It's okay. All right. Eating and working out. You, you're trying to lose weight. You're trying to get healthy. Does it come by you just waiting for you to get healthy? Or do you have to get up and no matter how you feel, come on, somebody, you got to wake up. You got to get up. You got to you got to stop eating those Dunkin' Donuts. You got to stop eating. You got to stop eat, eat, getting some milk and that sugar and all that. No, seriously, you got to start waking up and, and doing something about it if you're going to lose some weight. Watch this. Doctors say there needs to be movement so the blood could flow. If you're not moving, the blood won't flow. And sometimes when you're not moving, the Holy Ghost won't flow. I'm, you, you say, prove it to me. Good, I'm glad that you said that. Let, let's look at Hebrews chapter 5, then I'll tell you the other thing about the Holy Spirit moving. Right? How many are getting something this morning? How many feel you've been stuck in a, seat, in, a, in a pool? Come on, a Bethesda. It's okay to admit it. It's time to get out of that pool because Jesus is standing there. Stop looking at the pool. Start going to Jesus. There's, there's things you have to change, things you got to do. Watch this, Hebrews chapter 5. Look at this. The, the writer of Hebrews, I want you to hear his frustration. There is so much more. Do you, think, do you think when you're reading this that the writer of Hebrews is going, there is just so much more, guys. There, guys, guys, kudos to you. Listen, there's so much more we can say about this, but it's difficult to explain because you're, you're just dull and seem to don't listen. Do you think he's saying it with that tone? Like, I'm so proud of you guys. You know, like, you know, it's like you just don't listen, but it, you know, it's okay. No, do you feel the frustration? All right, you're, you're dull and you don't listen. He, that's, that's how he's, that's how the tone is. Watch this, keep going. Just keep going, watch this. You have, you have been believers for so long. Everybody say so long. Everybody say so long. Remember the pool of Bethesda? He knew that he was in the condition for a long time. You've been believers for so long that you ought to be teaching others. Come on, let that hit to some of you. You've been in church all your life. And you've not volunteered for one thing in the church. You, you've been speaking in tongues and hopping and hollering and falling out in the Holy Ghost. And, and we, when we need something, a teacher or, or, a, or, a, or a, a singer or, a, or a, a connect group or some hospitality. No, I just, I just don't want to do that because I'm, I'm in a Bethesda season. There are seasons of waiting. But I'm talking to the people that you've waited for a long time and there's hope for you. Because if you don't do something, you just continue to wait all your life, nothing's going to happen. Look at this, look at this. You've been, you've been believers for so long. Now that he's speaking to people that he's saying, that, that are probably saying back to the writer of Hebrews, we're just waiting on the Lord. We're just waiting on the Lord, bro. What are you, what are you talking about? The time has not come. It's been five, ten years. What are you doing? Instead, you need someone to teach you again. Oh. The basic things about God's word, basic things like, you know, remember, remember. You guys been, imagine you, you guys serving the Lord 10 years, and I come to you with a sermon like, this is how you get saved. This is what happens when you get saved. Huh? I'm starting back all over. Why? Because growth and maturity should be a natural byproduct and movement of every believer. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things of God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Let's keep going, keep going. 
for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. I'm going to say something powerful at the end of this. Solid food, everybody say solid food, is for those who are mature who through training have, have the skills to recognize the difference between right and wrong. If you're only on milk and you refuse to do anything else, you will be in that people that are categorized in the pool of Bethesda. There has to be something that God has called you to do that you need to take a step by faith. And if you've been waiting, now if it's an emotional thing, you need to be very proactive on, on that. Because I have been healed inside from many wounds, many offenses, many slander by being proactive and forgiving and blessing the people that hurt me. Listen, if I waited, this is powerful, this is for some of you, if I waited for those people to hurt me to come and say, you know, I had a revelation, uh, you know, I am so sorry, forgive me, wouldn't that be easy? That's what we want. We want the people to be like, oh God, God visited me in, a, in, in the, I'm so wrong, forgive me, and you're like, oh, how about if they never come to you? Watch this, are you ready for this? Pursue peace and holiness with all people. What does pursue mean? Action. You start. Pursue peace and holiness with all people without which no one will see the Lord. Peace with all people. But what's the key? It's not peace with all people. It's pursue peace with all people. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. What does that mean? Get up and stop waiting for healing to come to you. Forgive, heal, release, heal, reconcile. Don't wait for it to come to you because you will be stuck. If I say stuck, watch this. Look at this next slide. Many people, oh, this is good, are okay with getting temporary splashes from the pool of healing and growth without ever taking the necessary steps to dive into the pool. The church has been satisfied with the splashes of other people's experiences. Somebody comes and they've been on fire and they've been saturated with the presence of God and they whoosh, splash us. You're like, whoa, that was awesome. Hey, great word. But they never do the necessary steps to get into that pool themselves. Once you make those steps, you will find out that you will be the person that's splashing others. You know why you're frustrated? I'm going to prophesy. This is not in my notes. I'm going to prophesy to you. Because God has called you to jump in to splash others. And you're only satisfied with getting the splashes from others. God is calling you to move. To come. To shift. The way you think from one season of hurt to a season of freedom. From one season, listen, of pain to a season of joy. From one season of brokenness and being broke even in, in finances to a season of health and prosperity. But you got to get up. Watch this. No matter how good it was in a certain season, if the brook dries out, you've got to find out where God is going to be. Why? Because when the brook dried out for Elijah, can you imagine you are a prophet Elijah, you called famine into the earth, and you're thinking, ha-ha, I let them have it. God says, no, you're part of this tribe, and you're going to go through it with them. So when Elijah called a drought, guess what? He was part of the drought. He had to live. He didn't know where to, to, to get food. God says, don't worry. Just, just stay right here, and I'm going to command the ravens. Now, have you ever thought about this? I've read this a million times. Have you ever thought about how gross that, that could be? Ravens like, that's your food, Elijah. Go, go ahead and cook it. 
Really? Or, or, or in the claws, you know, and they just get a dead animal? I don't know what they brought him. Watch this, watch this. He could have been like, you know what? This is great. God is providing me here. This is good. This is good. Okay. And then all of a sudden, the bird didn't come. All of a sudden, the bird's like, he's dropping it over here. If many of you are here like, no, I'm not going to move from here. I'm comfortable here. You won't put that thought about comfortable. You won't go anywhere in life if you settle for comfortability. Change and spiritual progression will never come until we are willing to do something that makes us feel uncomfortable. Watch this. For the sake of our growth and healing. Well, I, I, don't, I don't want to confront that person that hurt me. Watch this. You will never get fully healed. And when I say confront, I'm not saying the way we think confront is. Confront is like, hey, you know what? I just want to tell you, the way that you talked to me, that was really bad, and that, you, you, you're a jerk. You, could, you, you need to, you need, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, that, that, that really hurt me, but I forgive you. No. <laughs> when you go to a person to reconcile, here's what I heard John Bevere say years ago. Always go for their sake, not for your sake. And when you go for their sake, you'll have your sake. The Bible says if they sin against you 70 times, you forgive them. 70. 70 times 7. In other words, keep forgiving, keep releasing. If you don't, you, well, I'm going to prophesy, you will be stuck in the pool of Bethesda waiting for something to happen. But you're the one that God, that got hurt, so you're the one who needs to make sure at the right time that you get up and you forgive in your private time and you release. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends with people, but it does mean you need to learn how to release. Watch this. You need to learn how to forgive. I'm going to show you a slide in a second about that prophetic post. I don't even know. I don't even know. I was studying for this. this. This message, by the way, was done last week. So I'm not targeting anybody. Okay? If you think that he's talking about me, no. This was already done. I'm going to tell you in just a minute. Are you getting something in this? The Holy Spirit always moves, watch this, even in damp, ugly, chaos situations of your life. He's always moving. Watch this. So if the Holy Spirit's moving, He's actually challenging us to not be satisfied with only waiting. If, if I were to do a poll, how long have you been saved? Now, please, please don't misconstrue this message. This message is not about proving, proving to God that you're worth something because you do something. Please don't ever allow the enemy to, to, to take the purity of this word and mess it up with that. This has nothing to do with your identity and proving yourself. But it has to do with recognizing seasons of you not uh, of inactivity when God has called you to do something for you to get that place of breakthrough and healing. Sometimes you need to let go of something before you get something new. Sometimes you need to let go of that job that you've been holding to and it's been frustrating and God has been knocking on your door and, and, and like, like Ralph and Rachel, they could have been like, you know what, no, I'm just going to, and they did, they tried. But they had to come to a decision. We have to let this go. Isn't that, isn't that right? They had to let that go. What do you mean let that go? And then go to a place where he probably had to humble himself and say, okay, I'm, I'm back here. God restored his finances when he moved from one season and let something go and grab this season over here. Watch, look at Genesis chapter 1. Oh, this is good stuff. Are you getting something this morning? 
in the Amplified Version, the very first, very first chapter, the very first verse, right? Amplified, watch this. I want this, you know, in the famous, in the famous words of young MC, don't just stand there, bust a move. Some of you guys are like, who is that? That was young MC, baby, 1989. Come on, Javi, you know what I'm talking about. Don't just stand there. If you want it, you got it. Let me stop. Let's just, Genesis chapter 1. But it's true. It's true. I want this. I, I, I want that. God, God put this in my heart to do that, to do this. Uh, I need to be healed from this season. I'm stuck. God says, okay, get up. Rise up. Everybody, every, watch this. This is a revelation. Just come to me now. Almost everybody that was crippled and couldn't walk and was in a stuck season, the reverse happened through the prophetic word. When God healed them, he just didn't say, most of the time, you read in the Bible, he just didn't say, all right, you're healed now. You're good to go now. He says, get up, rise up, watch this, and walk. In other words, you're just not healed. I'm commanding you to move. You've been in that paralyzed season for a long time. So I got to retrain your thinking. I got to retrain your mind. I'm not just going to heal you. I'm going to command you to move. Start walking. Look at Genesis 1 verse 1, guys. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it in the Amplified Version. Look what it says. In the beginning, God, I love the Amplified Version because it's like a million words in between, right? Prepared, foreign, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. Watch this. Look at this. This is powerful. The earth was without void. And watch this. It was empty. It was stale. Nothing was happening. It was ugly. It was dark. Darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. In other words, he's saying, I am just moving because I'm about to hear the command of the Lord saying, let there be light. And then I go into action. Remember, God moves at the sound of your voice. When you pray, God moves. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Look at this. Five more minutes. <laughs> you know no one believes that when everybody starts laughing. If the Holy Spirit is moving and active, even in the face of dullness and darkness, how much more should we be seeking to be people of action and not just wait for things to start coming to us all the time. And I'm almost done. In John chapter 5, this is, this, is what, this is what happens. Listen, look at the response. Two more little points. Of the man who was sick for 38 years. Here's Jesus. He's coming. Now watch this. I'm going I'm, I'm to close with a powerful statement. Okay? Hold on. I'm going to listen to this asking me to join Wi-Fi, and I'm not happy with that. Stop it in the name of Jesus. Okay. All right. Now, watch his response in John verse 6, 5 or 6. Real quick, real quick. Jesus comes to this man who's been sick 38 years, and he's waiting. Everybody say waiting. For the moving of the waters. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. Like most Christians, you're just waiting. You're just waiting. You're just waiting, right? Waiting for a new business, right, to come. I rejoice with my brother. A new business is coming, but he just didn't wait for it. He's preparing to step into it. He's doing something to step into it. You just can't wait and not do anything for your freedom, for your marriage, for your relationships, 
Well, I'm just going to wait till he just gets it together and he, he's going to know. No, no, no. You need to move and talk and re- release your, your anger by talking to God and talking to the person. Look at this. Listen. When Jesus saw him lying there, and watch this. This is crazy. He knew that he was in that position for a long time. Now, Jesus comes. Imagine Jesus coming to you. Imagine Jesus coming to me knowing I've been suffering for three straight years with this nerve pain. And he tells us, I know that you've been suffering, son. And you've been suffering for a long time. But I've got to ask you a question. I know this is going to, look, look at the audacity of Jesus. I know you've been suffering for a long time. In your case, 38 years. You've been in this season for a long time. You've been in this backslidden season for a long time. Um, quick question. Do you really want me to make you well? Now, that's almost offensive to know when Jesus knows he's been there for a long time. Why did he say that? Because Jesus, I believe, said, why do you, do you still want me to make you well? Even though he knew, here's the answer. It's going to set some of you free. Because he knew that if he healed him and he didn't change some patterns of thinking, he knew that if he healed him and he didn't change some of the attitudes that he had, and watch this, the things that he had adopted as wrong thinking while he was in that situation for 38 years, if he would have healed him without the proper adjustments, what was going to happen was that he was going to go back to that same thing and that same season. So basically, Jesus is saying, do you want me to heal you? Are you sure? Because there's some attitudes i got to change. Come on, somebody. Are you sure? Because there's people that you got to forgive. Are you sure? Are you sure that you want me to heal you? Because there's some adjustments that you need in the way that you spend is, and budget, and you're an overspender, and you want me to heal your finances, but I can't trust you with $100. You want me to get you out of this financial rut, but you can't manage your own house. You want, you want a clean Mercedes, but you can't have a clean car. I can't trust you with something if you're not a good manager of something that I've given you that's smaller than that. In Genesis, a little, 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 little thing that God, in Genesis 1, the Bible says he withheld the rain. He withheld the rain. There was no rain because there was no one to manage it. In another translation, it says there was no man to manage growth. Growth will never happen if there's not proper management in your life. You want financial growth? You need to examine how you're managing finances now. You, you, want, you want growth in the way that, that you, that you uh, uh, heal or hear or speak? Then start managing how you speak now. You want God to trust you with great riches? You better tithe now. There's no way that God is going to trust you with finances if you're not faithful. I will never do this. You guys, some of you guys know this because we have a new people, but I don't, I don't check the records. I don't check who gives or not. That's just me. Do I have the authority? Yes. Do I have the power? If I want to, yes. I don't know any of the amount that any of you give because I want to keep my heart pure. And I don't want to be manipulated by the richest, the biggest giver, or the poorest. Or you're all the same. But I will say this. If you're, I, I remember a, a pastor saying this, and I was blown away. It was a national pastor. And he actually, something, somebody that I look up to. And what I'm about to say is going to, say, it's going to seem shocking to you. But I believe he was right. Okay? He said one time, uh, uh, when it came to faithfulness and giving, he said, there was a time where this person right here who was married to his daughter, he has a mega church and a good one. He's not one of those, you know, bad mega church people. He's, real, he's really sound, right? And so he comes and he goes, the first thing I, I did when this man wanted to get my, the hand of my daughter 
is I, this is, I, I don't know if I would ever do this, but he said, I checked his tithing records. Right, right, isn't that, right, even now when I'm saying it, you're like, oh, no, oh, no, what kind of pastor is that? Watch this. And he almost answered my thoughts while I was on the other side of the TV. He goes, some of you are offended by that thought. And I was like, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm offended by that. And he said this, and it rocked me. He goes, why would I trust my daughter to a fetus? He said, that's why I checked, not to manipulate, not to say you got to give more. I want to see if his track record, if, it, if it's, I know that offends some of you. Trust me, it offended me. But I dealt with it. God said, deal with it. He goes, I don't want, he goes, why would I give my daughter to a thief? He's robbing God. He goes, but he wasn't. So he said, he's okay for now. I want the worship team to come up here. Watch this. Watch this. Are you getting something? Say this with me. How long have I been stuck in the same place? Now I want you to hit that home. Not out of condemnation, but out of motivation. Say, how long have I been stuck in the same place? I'm going to add one more thing. Without offering something to the Lord. Now watch this. I'm, I'm closing. Joanna and the team, could you get up there? Oh, I got, this is just all over the place, so I'm sorry. John chapter 7. Look at this response. I'm closing. I promise I'm closing with this. Here's Jesus. He comes to a bunch of people. They're waiting for the moving of the waters. I know this sounds old-fashioned, but in order for us to get anything that is put in our heart from God, from God, we need to be people of action. If, if God ever spoke to you about a business, if God ever, oh, I feel that, Lord, I feel that. I said it before, but I felt, I felt it again. The richest place on the earth is not Fort Knox. The richest place on the earth is not the oil fields of Iraq and Iran. It's not the, it's not the gold in Peru. There's a lot of gold in Peru. The richest place on the earth is a cemetery. Why? Because in the cemetery lies a book that was never written. In the cemetery lies songs that never been sung. In the cemetery lies a business that would have shook the world. In the cemetery, in the cemetery lies a ministry that would have changed your city, but you died, watch this, too afraid to step out and do and make plans and adjust to the things that God has called you because, watch this, you wanted to stay in a, it, it's easy to stay angry because you feel self-justified. It's easy to stay bitter. It's easy to stay offended. Why? Because offense camouflages its true results. It makes you focus on all the injustice that you had without realizing what's really happening in your heart. It's always, I can't believe they did this to me, so I'm not going anywhere. God has to, you know what I find with angry people? Just a little, little bit. You know what I find with angry people? They don't move. They get stuck. Have you ever encountered a bitter, angry person? Seriously. I ain't going to do nothing for you. I ain't going to move. But, but I want to heal you. Nope, not going to forgive them. 
I already forgave them. They hurt me too much. People that are stuck in offense and anger and bitterness or pain. That's a, I'm familiar with all of them, by the way. One of the common denominators that comes right after that is don't move. Listen to this revelation. What does fear do? Come on, all you Bible scholars, what does fear do? Come on, shout out me. It, it what? It what? It paralyzes you. So does offense. The Greek word for offense means scandalon, which means a booby trap, which means it doesn't kill you, but it stops your progress. Offense, bitterness, pain, anger, fear. What it does is, here you are, you're walking, something happens, and you're bleeding, and you can't move. And while you can't move, you're convincing yourself, if I keep going, it hurts too much to keep going, so I'll just stay here. While you're bleeding internally. Watch this. I'm almost closing. This is powerful. Jesus comes up to him. Watch this. He says, do you want me to make you well? If I... If I came to any of you, any of you who's having a difficult season, and I say, I know you've been in there for a long time. Do you want me to make you well? Immediately you'd be like, yes. What would you say? I would be like, yes, with my feet up. Yes. Jesus came to me. Do you want me to make you well? Yes. But watch this. Making you well means there's some responsibility that you have to do. Because I, don't, I want to hear you, but I don't want to make you go back to that way, so I want to retrain you how you think. Watch this. Watch this. Do you want me to make you well? Sir, I have nobody. Complete this. I have nobody. Jesus is standing right in front of him. Listen, Jesus. Do you want me to make you well? I got, Jesus, I got no one to help me. That's a problem. That's a problem with my friends. No one calls me. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching. No, 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 one, no one messages me, Jesus. No one reaches out to me, Jesus. No one, no, no one, no one cares for me. I have nobody to help me in there. Not one time in that story did, did he justify him saying there have nobody. He says, no, no, no. You're not realizing that I'm here with you right now. Watch this. Here's the, here's the point of this whole message. Some of you are waiting for other people to get you out of that waiting season. Some of you are waiting for other people, even your best friends, to get you to a place of maturity and growth. And you say, I can't do it without them. And God says, you have to do it. And you have to do it. it. It lands on you at the end of the day. You cannot wait any longer for somebody else to prophesy to you, for somebody else to call you out, for somebody else to, to minister to you. You cannot wait any longer and justify why you're in a stuck season. Watch this. And I, I saved the best for last. The Ark of the Covenant. Remember we talked about last week? Watch this. You're going you're to get blown away. The, the Ark of the Covenant, when they crossed over, everybody say crossed over. Imagine three, four, four million Jews crossing over. That's a long time to wait. You're crossing over, right? Now watch this. I'm closing. What the Bible says, are you ready for this? I said, are you ready for this? This is going to sound controversial, but I need you to hear from the context of what I'm preaching about. The Ark did not move until everyone crossed over. There's a level of the glory of God and the presence of God that will not come to you unless you get up and address these things in your life and cross over from that old pattern of thinking into the new. You will not get a greater presence and greater glory of your life. Watch this. Look at last last scripture. Watch this. Watch this. 
Location change doesn't determine heart and mind change. That means you could go to another church that meets your needs, but that doesn't mean your heart's going to change. Location change doesn't equal heart and mind change. That's the problem with people that are hurt. They don't deal with the hurt, and they keep going from one place to one place to one place, and God's like, you're never going to get healed from this. Watch this. Look at that last scripture in Joshua. Watch this. Watch this, guys. Look, look at this. They're crossing over. Everybody say crossing over. I mean, it's going from one season to the next. Watch this. They're crossing over. And then I'm going to share a, a prophecy that was given yesterday while my sermon was already done that confirms everything that I'm saying. So the priest who bore the ark, the ark. Everybody say the ark. What's the ark? Come on. It represents the glory of God, the presence of God. The priest that stood in the midst of the Jordan, they stood in the midst of the Jordan holding the ark until everything was finished. Do you imagine how much strength those priests must have had to just wait until everybody crossed over? In other words, the ark didn't move until everyone decided to shift from an old season to a new season. Everything finished and commanded. Joshua spoke to the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people hurried. They crossed over. Some of you need to hurry. I said, some of me, I said, some of you need to hurry and cross over. Some of you, you could afford to be like, man, okay, this is a little scary. Whoa, new level of faith. Whoa, I'm a leader now? Wow, I got to lead people now? I got to disciple people now? This is new territory. Wow, this is a new job. This is a new church, new season. I'm unfamiliar. Some of you need to do that, but some of you, you've been so bound in this season, you need to be like, Put that scripture back up. Don't, don't put it down until I tell you. And they hurried. Watch this. Then it came to pass. Everybody say it, it came to pass. Say, when all the people had completely crossed over, I want you to say this with me, that the ark of the Lord and the priest crossed over. The ark didn't move until the people decided to go to that other place where God has commanded them. Sometimes, watch this, God is not limited to moving because you don't move. But sometimes he moves when you move. You're praying for a greater presence of God. You're praying, praying for a greater dimension of God. And you're stuck in this season. You don't want to move. You don't want to take a risk. You don't want to repent. You don't want to repent of your laziness, of your excuses. I'm just being honest. When you do that and you cross over the other side, guess what's going to meet you on the other side? A greater dimension of God's glory. A greater dimension of God's presence. Why? Because you took a risk in the voice of God and said, I'm no longer going to be backslidden. I don't no longer want to be lukewarm. I'm tired of blaming everybody else for my condition. I'm going to start going to this. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions, and I'm going to be healed, and the presence of God is going to meet you on the other side. Come on, say amen. I said, say amen. I want you to look at this. We're going to close right now. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, Michelle Seidler just, just said this prophecy yesterday. And my, my, my message was already done. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is a prophecy. I don't know if you can see this. This was just on Saturday. Just on Saturday. Okay? Just on Saturday. Yesterday. And I happened to be scrolling down Facebook. And look at what 
uh, uh, Michelle Sadler, who was used prophetically, right? Whether you agree with her stance or not, she's used prophetically by the Lord. Watch this. She said, I had a dream last night that I believe pertains to the season we are in, and it affects everyone. This has a lot of layers to it, but I won't get into that. In the dream, I was in Israel, and it was a special holiday similar to Yom Kippur. Kippur. I knew that it was the last day to settle in the dream and end things, end things, deal with issues, because the next day, uh uh-oh, began a new season. This is a dream she had from the Lord. In this new season, I knew that things would accelerate significantly and that it was imperative that certain things were settled. Imperative that things in the past were settled. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit. That the other things were brought into an end. I believe today, Saturday, yesterday, is the last day. Be Watch this. Woo, this is what I've been preaching about. The last day before the forward button is pushed. I encourage you to inquire the Holy Spirit about you for your own life. What needs to be settled? What needs to be cleared up? What needs to end? I believe it pertains to all areas of life. Also forgive, forgive, forgive. Get ready to walk through the new door. Come on. Your old season is ending, but you need to forgive. You need to settle some things. You need to let go of some things because this season requires you to let go of some things so that the glory of God could come on your life. Come on, stand up. Come on, stand up. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us to shift. Help us to get out of that same place that we've been in. Come on. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands. Go into the chorus right now. Right now, lift up your hands. Everybody in this room. Listen, do not be distracted right now. This is important. The Lord told you in a dream, told her in a dream, in order for you to get into that next season, you need to settle some things. You need to settle some things in your life. You need to settle some things about your your relationships. You need to settle some things about how you manage money. You need to settle some things about what comes out your mouth. You need to settle some things. Come on. There's a, there, you, oh, I hear this. Your life has been on pause. But today the Lord says play the fast forward button. Play the play button. Let go of some of these things. And today, let there be movement again. Stop waiting for the stirring of the water. And start moving into the direction and the calling and the careers and the freedom that God has had you. Come on, it's your choice. It's your choice. Lift it up right now. Come on. Come on, it's time to cross over into a new door. Come on. I'm crossing over. I'm crossing over. I'm letting some things go. I'm letting Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.